Anecdotal reports and clinical observations have recently emerged suggesting a relationship between COVID-19 disease and stroke, highlighting the possibility that infected individuals may be more susceptible to cerebrovascular events. Hi, I'm Carmen Lev Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, and I spoke to Kieran South and Craig Smith from the University of Manchester in the UK, two authors of the article Preceding Infection and Risk of Stroke, an old concept revived by the COVID-19 pandemic, which we've just recently published in the International Journal of Stroke. If you enjoy our podcast series with stroke practitioners and researchers from around the world, please do write a review as we have it on good advice. This helps others to find us. My name's um, Craig Smith. I'm Professor of Stroke Medicine at the University of Manchester in the UK. Okay, I'm uh, Dr. Kieran South. I'm a Medical Research Foundation funded mid-career research fellow at the University of Manchester. My research interests focus on uh, the link between respiratory tract infections and, and stroke in animal models. What does the clinical presentation of COVID-19 look like in relationship to stroke? What are the common features? So the data that we have so far from the pandemic suggests the following. Firstly, large vessel occlusive stroke is common. Secondly, that stroke associated with COVID-19 may be more severe in terms of presentation of severity. And thirdly, on average, the age of patients that appear to get a stroke complicating COVID-19 is probably no different to the average age of stroke patients normally. What we also know is that people can develop stroke associated with COVID-19 either with symptomatic COVID-19 illness, presenting to hospital with the typical respiratory symptoms, and in that situation, stroke typically complicates COVID-19 around five days after the onset of COVID-19 symptoms. However, stroke may also be associated with COVID-19, which is apparently asymptomatic. And this is where SARS-CoV-2 infection is picked up from screening patients that arrive in hospital with a stroke don't have any respiratory symptoms suggested with COVID-19. Finally, it may be possible that patients present to hospital with a stroke, which is then complicated by picking up COVID-19 whilst in the hospital environment. What is the body's immune response to SARS-CoV-2? SARS-CoV-2 is a, a respiratory virus um, and it primarily infects type 2 alveolar pneumocytes in the lower respiratory tract. And this initiates um, a basic antiviral response, a type 1 interferon response. Um, recruited immune cells and resident immune cells in the lung um, also contribute to this antiviral response and begin to produce pro-inflammatory cytokines. And this is really key to the, to the severe pathogenesis of, of COVID-19 disease. Um, and lots of people will be familiar with the idea of a cytokine, cytokine storm. Um, so these initial pro-inflammatory responses um, have systemic effects. They upregulate the uh, migration of different immune cells from the bone marrow. And these then feed back into the lung and propagate the, immune, the inflammatory response, uh, which in a subset of patients, for reasons that are still relatively unclear, 
this is out of control and and leads to the severe lung pathology that we see in severe patients. So the host response to SARS-CoV-2 is incredibly complicated and still remains incompletely understood. In brief, SARS-CoV-2 is a very small, single-stranded RNA virus, and its main route of entry into the body is through the respiratory tract. The virus seems to rely on a host um, protein called ACE2, which is expressed on cells lining the respiratory tract and also the gut, and also lining blood vessel. The virus is able to enter the body through this route, and it then generates, broadly speaking, a non-specific initial first-line immune response, which is called an innate immune response. And then it will subsequently generate a more specific post-immune response called an adaptive immune response. In brief, the initial non-specific first line of defense is production of many different inflammatory markers and mediators, and these include interferons and a molecule called interleukin-6, which is very important in propagating the immune response. Several types of immune cells will come to the locality to help fight SARS-CoV-2, and these include monocytes in the first wave, this innate response. This immune response then generates a more specific immune response to SARS-CoV-2, and this is through several cells, including dendritic cells, but also other immune cells. The adaptive or very specific immune response will lead to activation of what are called antigen-specific cytotoxic T cells and also T helper cells. And the T helper cells will help propagate this immune response and also to the production of antibodies from plasma cells and other B cell types. But this is what we know in brief about the body's response to SARS-CoV-2. Is it, is it certain or absolutely affirmed that COVID-19 is a respiratory illness? That's actually a really, really interesting question because there have been studies suggesting that there is direct infection of, of the endothelium in blood vessels by the virus. Um, I just don't think it's particularly clear yet from the available evidence whether this is the case. People are beginning to suggest that it, it should be reclassified as a vascular disease of sorts. Um, whether this is a direct consequence of the of the virus on the on on the blood vessels or indirect through the inflammatory processes is still pretty unclear. That's a very interesting question. It's quite interesting actually because my primary research focus before the pandemic was um, a different respiratory tract infection, so streptococcus pneumonia, which is extremely common. Um, particularly subclinical infection is what I've been looking at, and we see a similar a similar story in the animal model I've been using of that infection, where there's a very significant changes in the vasculature, particularly in the brain, in response to infection. So it could be that these are rather universal crossovers between respiratory effects of the virus and the vascular effects. I think early on in the pandemic, 
time in terms of the relationship between COVID-19 and stroke was that COVID-19 occurred uh, as a primary lung infection and then for several proposed reasons and mechanisms and um, people then had a stroke that followed that. What we've actually seen um, as the pandemic's progressed is that whilst that does seem to happen and we do certainly see people with COVID-19 illness um, manifest with pneumonia and all the usual things some of these people do have stroke, but what we also see is that people present primarily with stroke and no respiratory symptoms at all, um, and they test positive when they're um, screened on hospital admission. And we've started to see this um, in the latter stages of the pandemic, where more and more people now are just testing positive routinely when they're, they're screened on the stroke unit and they have no respiratory symptoms at all. And would you then assume that that's a relationship between COVID and stroke, or would you assume they're just presenting mutually exclusive? I, I think again, it, it raises lots of interesting questions about this, you know the sheer spectrum of the disease, and it's fascinating how some of the patients I've seen come to the stroke unit are very elderly with stroke, and they test positive for SARS-CoV-2 without any clinical interest at all. What we also see, but it's much, it appears to be much more infrequent, is that some people have come to hospital with a stroke and then several days later have tested positive and developed symptoms for, for COVID as well. And it may be because we know stroke patients become temporarily immune suppressed in the first few days after stroke, it may be that some people are more susceptible to actually picking up the virus when they're in hospital after they've had their stroke. What role does inflammation play in stroke and CVD? So inflammation in stroke can be considered in various ways. Firstly, it can be considered prior to stroke or inflammation preceding stroke. Secondly, it can be considered in terms of inflammation immediately after stroke or, or that which is induced by stroke itself. And thirdly, it can be considered as inflammation occurring in the subacute and longer term phase after stroke. The important things to consider about inflammation and cerebrovascular disease is that we have to consider that inflammation occurs both within the central nervous system, but also in the peripheral circulation and lymphoid tissues, such as the spleen. And further, we also need to consider that inflammation can be both beneficial and adverse. And this is the balance between how much inflammation occurs in the brain and the periphery and how much of it is adverse inflammation and how much is beneficial. Inflammation has been known for many years to be associated with stroke. And this is because inflammation is associated with various conditions which we know are associated with stroke, such as infections we've discussed, but also other conventional risk factors such as diabetes, getting older and smoking, all of these things are associated with, with inflammation. Inflammation after a stroke is rapidly activated and we know from many studies that inflammation in the brain early on is detrimental and propagates damage that's caused by stroke. But what's important is that other inflammatory pathways will be activated after stroke in the brain, which may lead to recovery or repair in the slightly longer term. Also after a stroke, in the bloodstream, there is a very pronounced inflammatory response, but also balanced with an anti-inflammatory response. 
where immune cells that normally fight infection can be switched off. And this leads people with a stroke to be more susceptible to infection in the first few days or maybe weeks. Finally, we're just beginning to understand more about the longer-term inflammatory responses that can happen after stroke. And by this, I mean many weeks, months, or even years after a stroke. We have some information now that inflammation does not return to normal levels that you would expect um, after a stroke. And in the long term, which could be adverse for recovery, could be associated with cognitive decline or dementia, and could be associated with ongoing risk of infections. Yeah, I was just... I was just going to say, really, like, if you look at, at the, um, the pathology of stroke and, and infection as separate entities, and you really scrutinize some of the signatures, like the inflammatory signatures and the immune responses, there's so many parallels there. The crossover between the two is, is quite extraordinary. Um, so it's no surprise, really, that you could suggest there's a link between the two. And, yeah, so following on from that, as Craig said, um, there's many contributing factors that that relate the two. Um, I think if you look at it in sequence, um, endothelial activation could be one of those initiating factors. And this in turn um, influences the recruitment of platelets and immune cells. And it's these really that, that feed back in into the whole system. They produce a number of pro-inflammatory and pro-coagulant factors but at the same time, they can also dampen down the body's uh, fibrinolytic system. So any clots that are forming in response to these immune and inflammatory changes are more persistent. And so one of my main interests is um, some of the consequences of endothelial activation, particularly von Willebrand factor release. And this really seems to be a key, key mechanism that might link infection and stroke. Um, and it's very much influenced by inflammatory cytokines, um, produced by recruited monocytes and neutrophils. So in severe COVID patients, there's an exaggerated response to the cumulative consequence of leukocyte recruitment and activation. You identified this as a cytokine storm. Can you explain this exaggerated immune response and what it might mean for stroke patients? So the cytokine storm has been very, very topical throughout the pandemic because this exaggerated production of inflammatory mediators, which is far in excess of what the body would need to fight the infection, is actually very, very damaging. And this is why it's received so much attention, because cytokine storm in patients with COVID-19 has been identified as something which is associated with a very poor outcome or can be associated with a poor outcome, particularly in patients with severe infection, and it contributes to making patients very sick. So again, the etiology and pathogenesis is very complicated, but monocytes and lymphocytes appear to be um, important cell types involved in producing this highly excessive amount of um, inflammatory mediators, uh, so-called cytokines. We don't know why this happens, and we don't know why it happens in some people, but not others. The reason it's potentially important stroke or either when you've had a stroke or people at risk of stroke in COVID, is because many of the cytokines that are produced in the cytokine storm we know can be important in terms of vascular and cerebrovascular disease. So, for example, interleukin-6, which I mentioned earlier, is one of the cytokines produced during the cytokine storm. 
and interleukin-6 have long been recognized to be associated with risk of stroke in, in studies prior to the pandemic. So interleukin-6 is associated with risk of heart attacks and stroke in some individuals. And so production of excessive interleukin-6 in cytokine storm could well be an important factor in putting people at risk of developing stroke. The second thing that's important is that in individuals who have cytokine storm associated with COVID-19 and then have a stroke, we also know again prior to the pandemic for many years is that interleukin-6 in people with a stroke is associated with a poor outcome. And that's been demonstrated consistently in many studies. So the relevance again is that in people with cytokine storm associated with COVID-19, if they were to have a stroke, then all of this excess interleukin-6 could well be detrimental um, in terms of their trajectory and their outcome after the stroke. And certainly other inflammatory mediators likewise could be important here. And again, the excess of certain immune cells in the context of cytokine storm could be very important in determining both risk of stroke in COVID-19, but also the outcome of um, stroke complicating COVID-19. I think the next question is, and I'll put this to you first, Craig, um, is COVID, and this is something you've asked directly in the paper, so it's a really important question, and I, I think we've alluded to it, but let's say definitively, is COVID directly contributing to stroke incidence? That's a really important question that everybody wants to know the answer to. I think at the moment, we can't answer that in terms of whether COVID-19 is directly causing strokes or not. We don't know currently whether COVID-19 or any infection directly causes stroke, um, perhaps with the exception of um, bacterial endocarditis. We have many studies which have demonstrated associations between various infections and occurrence of stroke. And these can be acute respiratory infections, such as streptococcus pneumoniae or, or COVID-19, um, or they can be more chronic infections, for example, HIV. And currently, the COVID-19 pandemic, we don't have evidence that um, there is a direct causal link between SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 illness and stroke. What we have is merging evidence that that's an association in the two. It may be that it probably could be a causal relationship. We don't know that for sure. Yeah, so I guess that is really the, the big question, isn't it, whether there's causality. Um, and at the moment, there just isn't the available evidence to say either way with any confidence. I think given time and some larger prospective uh, cohorts, we may have some indication of whether this is the case. Um, this is true in influenza. Um, which has been looked at previously. But I think really basic science might step up to the mark in terms of trying to answer this question. Uh, there's no reliable animal model as yet for COVID-19 infection, but I think there's probably a lot of groups uh, working towards this. And perhaps when that's in place, we can really start to address whether there is a direct contribution of COVID-19 infection to stroke pathophysiology. 
You've been listening to a podcast interview with Kieran South and Craig Smith from the University of Manchester. They're part of the author group for the manuscript Proceeding Infection and Risk of Stroke, an old concept revived by the COVID-19 pandemic, just recently published in the International Journal of Stroke. IJS is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organisation. And the World Stroke Organisation is doing everything we can to support our professional membership at this difficult time. Please stay tuned for our upcoming conference details in November. Also, we produce weekly webinars and educational content free for our stroke community. Please do consider becoming a member.